0: And it's just a privilege this morning to be able to hear now from one of God's own special servants, Ivan Rusin. Ivan is the principal of UETS, Ukrainian Evangelical Theological Seminary. I first met him, I think, in about 2005. We were in a partnership with UETS, trying to reach an unreached people group in the Caspian region. And Dale Shaw had this great idea, why don't we get Ukrainians to join us since they already speak Russian? Ivan was a professor of missions at UETS, and he brought a team from UETS, and we met there in the capital city and began to strategize together how God might use Americans and Ukrainians to reach Caspians with the gospel. Just five years ago, Ivan became, in addition to teaching missions, the president of UETS, and it's an honor to have him and his wife, Luda with us this morning. So welcome to College Park Church, Ivan and Ludha. You. Here's your ticket slava Don't worry, I will not preach in Ukrainian. <laughs> even though I would like Pentecost to repeat so I can preach Ukrainian and you understand me without any problems. <laughs> Today you will hear how people can break your language. <laughs> English is not my first or second or even third language I speak. So I ask your patience and forgiveness if you will see or hear many mistakes. It's my privilege to worship God together with you. And I am very happy to have an opportunity to thank you personally for your generosity and your global vision. Thank you for sharing your Christmas offering with us. I would like to express our deepest appreciation to Pastor Mark, Pastor Nate, to all members of church leadership and mission committee. Special thanks is to Gary and Debbie Sutton for supporting our partnership. And now I would like briefly to give a report what we have been able to do. First, saying that we are very thankful to God and to you. It is Central Asian Bible Institute. With your support, we have been able to start a program for pastors, bishops, and missionaries in one of the closest Islamic country. Now we are finishing first year with 50 students among, uh, from that country. Without your support, such project would not be possible. Also, I would like to thank you for another, another project that we have been able to do. Mission Among Unreached People's Group, it, it was the second project that we done. We had been able to run a children camp for childrens from one of the unreached people's group, and on this photo you can see the happy faces. You know, we are so thrilled to have this opportunity to preach the gospel to them, to pray, uh, to pray with them, and without your support, it wasn't, it would be impossible. Also, with your support, we were able we were able to renovate our facilities, and basically speaking, we transformed our campus. We did external renovation and internal renovation. Now we have opportunity to have more classes, to have more students, to have more faculty, and more refugees on our campus. And this photo does not give justice to all transformations that took place with your support. Also, I would like to thank you for supporting our initiative with refugees. As you know, we have a war going in Ukraine. Over one million of people are displaced. And we were happy to have opportunity with your support to provide shelter and to provide food for some of them at our campus. With your support, we also have been able to train counselors and pastors who can take care for people that lost loved ones that are going through a very difficult time. With your support, we transform our IT area. Now we have high speed internet, now we have online platform for online education, and more people, not just from Ukraine, but from other countries, they have this opportunity to study God's word, to be prepared for ministry. So I would like to thank you for your global vision and your generosity, and today I would like to think with you and to preach about mission as our promised land. In Deuteronomy 1, we find Moses' call to his people, break camp and advance. This short call looks back and forward at the same time. It is connected to the long and dramatic history of Israel. It also anticipates dramatic future for the elected nation. The call of, to break camp and advance had a profound impact to Israel and it also has profound implications for us. Let us explore this text and try to learn from it. It is very important to notice the context of the call, break camp and advance. The call may sound very optimistic if it is taken out of context, However, if we read these words in context, we realized how challenging and maybe even frightening they were for Israel. Israel spent almost a year near the border of the Promised Land. It was the same place where the chosen nation was almost 40 years earlier, just after a dramatic escape from Egypt. A journey from Egypt to Canaan that should take 11 days, turn it into 40 years of wandering in the desert. Because they did not believe and were disobedient to God, God, they spent 40 years in the desert. How much of life can be wasted when we disobey God? Now they are near the promised land, Again, they stay there for almost a year. It is a time of opportunity, of promise, and of decision. We should ask why Israel is there? Why should Israel enter the promised land? When we look on the dramatic history of Israel, liberation from Egypt, and their long wandering in the desert, we may think that the goal of this story is for the elected nation of Israel to finally find rest and comfort in the promised land. This is only partially true. The promised land was the means, but not the goal. Israel needs to enter the promised land for a purpose that goes beyond the land beyond comfort and beyond prosperity. That purpose goes beyond Israel itself. When we look at history of Israel, we can see many problems and challenges that they faced. Disobedience, unfaithfulness, and fear were all a part of Israel life. But one of the biggest weaknesses was Israel's own misunderstanding of their election. I think all the difficulties that Israel faced were rooted in its failure to understand the true nature of its election. Why had God chosen Israel? Why was one nation chosen from among many nations? If we read the Old Testament carefully, We can examine the reason behind that election of Israel. Neither Israel's size nor her power were reasons for God's election. Instead, our God, the creator of the universe, following His own sovereign decision, elected Israel for His own purpose. He said to them, If you obey me fully and keep my covenant... Then, out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, Exodus 19:5. The whole world and all the nations belong to God. But he decided to choose one. Why? Because he wanted to use one nation to bless all the nations. God said to Israel, I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth, Isaiah 49. The election of Israel is deeply rooted in the missionary nature of our God. God is the God of mission. God is the God of all people. His election of one nation does not mean rejection of the others. When he embraces one nation, he does not exclude the others. Moreover, he elects one to bless all. He is a missional God. All nations have a place in his heart. Israel was chosen to be a missionary instrument of God to all other nations. Israel was to become a nation of God's royal priests among other nations and for the sake of other nations. In Israel and through Israel, God wanted to demonstrate his intentions of love for all nations. God uses each moment of Israel history and each part of Israel's religious, social, and economic life to proclaim His holy name to all nations. Everything had a missional, missional dimension. Liberation from Egyptian slavery had a missional dimension too. God had demonstrated who the true ruler of the world was to one of the strongest empire and civilization of the time. God said in Exodus 9, This time I will send the full force of my plagues against you and against your officials and your people so you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. And later, but I have raised you up for this very purpose that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. On another miraculous occasion, God says that He dried up the Jordan and the Red Sea so that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. Furthermore, God (laughs) located Israel strategically. This is what the sovereign Lord says. This is Jerusalem which I have set in the center of the nations, with countries all around her. God put Israel in the midst of the nation so that Israel could be a light to the nation. God promised to turn the temple into a house of prayer for all nations. And so, Israel stands at the door of the promised land. However, in order to use this opportunity and reach the promised land, Israel needs to break camp and advance. The nation needs to leave its comfort zone and go among the people they fear. Let us stop for a moment and think about how this applies to us. Why does God not send us to heaven immediately after we say the sinner's prayer. Why does He keep us in this world? It is because God is the God of mission. God loves this world and He wants us to be His instrument of love to the whole world. He wants us to remain in this world and to play a role in His intentions and plans for the whole world. What had been said about Israel is repeated to the church. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. First Peter chapter two. We are to declare and proclaim his name to the world. We are a community participating in his mission. And we are in an instrument of his mission. His mission, compassionate mission to this world. We symbolize by our transformed life that there is a mission of God in this world. But I would like to underscore that mission is more than we do. Mission is who we are. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Therefore, mission is the DNA of the church. It is a breath of life in the church. Mission, as one theologian said, is the central living nerve of the church. Mission is our life. Mission is our identity. Mission is a core of our existence as a believers. We cannot be not missionary because we are by our nature, we are missionary people. We are the outcome of his mission. We are symbol a symbol of his mission. And we are an instrument of his mission compassionate mission to this world. Israel was at the border of the promised land with a clear missional dimension. Often we as Christians and as the church itself make no headways, hesitating to enter new areas of mission to reach new people for God's kingdom. What could hinder Israel to enter the promised land? And what can hinder our endeavors in mission? Entering the promised land requires courage and faithfulness to leave one's comfort zone. God says to Israel, you have stayed long enough on this mountain, break your camp and advance. When we read the Old Testament, we see that Israel liked its comfort zone and stability. Even after a miraculous escape from the horrors of slavery and God's care for Israel in the desert, the people complained about missing the meat they had in Egypt. Israel had to learn that in order to get blessings, one often needs to leave what one's like. This situation recalls the story of Abraham's calling in Genesis 12. God promises that Abraham will receive a great name and become a great nation. God promises to bless Abraham and through him to bless other nations, all nations. However, in order to receive that promise, he needs to leave his comfort zone, he needs to leave his home. At that moment, Abraham knew what what to leave behind, but he didn't know where to go. And God said to them, I will show you later, but you need to leave now. It should be noted that the call of Abraham had a very intriguing background. In Genesis 11, 30, it says that his wife Sarai was barren and she had no child. But in 12, 1, 3, Abraham is promised to become a great nation. What God can do with faithful faithful servants? Abraham was faithful, and God used him amazingly. He left his comfort zone and fulfilled his mission. Israel stays at the border of the promised land. Will Israel be faithful to enter when it is called to? What was true for Israel remains true for us. Since the church is missional by its very nature, it has to constantly move forward to reach out to new places and new peoples. It must leave its comfort zone. The home for a church is not where it is safe and comfortable or everybody knows Jesus. As one missionary put it, where we can do the most for God, there is our home. All of us have own comfort zones. Regardless of where we came from, how well off we are, or how good our future looks, Israel remind us even, that even a tent in the desert can be our comfort zone. What is your comfort zone? Are you ready to break your camp and advance? Where is God calling you to go? What does he want you to do? I don't know your comfort zones, by, I do know mine. I don't know what it means to break camp and advance for somebody here in the US. But I do know what does it mean in Ukraine. As you may know, we have a war going on in Ukraine. Without warning, in 2014, Ukraine tur- turned it into a discomfort zone. Our natural instincts pushed us to flee, but God's spirit called us to stay. God's spirit gently calls us to go into the war zone, to soldiers in the trenches and hospitals. Why? Because there are people who, does, who face death each minute. And they need somebody, desperately need somebody who can come and bring them the gospel, who can spend time with them and pray for them. Who do you see in this picture? A young man who is only 23 years old. His name is Dmitro. He graduated from UTS last September. When he was a first year student, he was ordained as a deacon. When the war started, he decided to become a military chaplain. All of his school breaks and holidays he spent in the war zone, preaching the gospel to soldiers, praying with soldiers. One day he brought a Ukrainian flag with the names and signatures of many soldiers. One of them wrote on the flag, the metro, bring us God's word, And we will live. Now he is the ordained pastor of a church nearby Kiev. Also, on that picture, you you saw a small picture of a website where was Dima Dmitros' photo and information about, about him. It was that photo was taken from the terrorist website. It is a wanted list by terrorists, they didn't like his ministry to soldiers and they want to catch him and imprison him. On this photo, you see chaplains that have been trained in our seminary. There are many of our graduates and students who are serving God in trenches among soldiers, among refugees in a war zone. And I would like to underline that Metro has been supported by a scholarship from College Park Church, you, by your generosity and global vision, helped make Dmitrov's story and equipping for ministry possible. Someone decided to give money to bless another, and God used it and multiplied it for his mission. As a seminary president, I am touched when I see our faculty, students, graduates are leaving the comfort zone, and moving forward, going to a war zone. Is it scary? Believe me, yes it is. Is it comfortable? No, it is not. But we are learning how to leave our comfort zone and be a blessing for other people. And we are doing this not because we are heroes or we are strong, but because we have a great example. Jesus left heaven and came down to earth for our sake." He was the first missionary. Second, that can hinder us entering the promised land might be fear. Israel was afraid of other nations. They did not believe it was safe to enter. Something, sometimes we need to remind ourselves that mission is always about people who are different from us. Those people, however, might not be just different, we may not like them, or we may even be afraid of them. Israel was afraid of other nations. But in order to be a blessing for other people, Israel had to leave its comfort zone. We should remember that nothing significant happens in our comfort zone. If we want to see God at work, If we want to fulfill our calling, this will never happen in our comfort zone. We have to break camp and advance. The story of Abraham's call clearly shows us that God wants to bless all people. It is important to notice that the call of Abraham in Genesis 12 is connected with the table of nations in chapter 10. There are 70 nations mentioned there. The whole world of that time is included. Abraham is urged to go in order to become a blessing for all of them, all the nations from the form, the background of Abraham's and Israel's election. We should also notice that something similar is happening during Pentecost. In Act Act chapter two. Many nations are mentioned when church was started. This symbolize that the church is for all the nations as well. I wanted to mention all of those nations, but I just can't pronounce their names. So you can, you can do it by your own. And I didn't want you to laugh from how I, how I pronounce these nations. But, dear friends, it is one thing to be a blessing for those people we love. It is quite another thing to be a blessing for those we don't love. And what about our enemies? Let us recall another Old Testament person who demonstrated what happens when we do not understand the fullness of God's love. Jonah had been sent to be an instrument of blessing to his enemies, Nineveh. Of course, he was unhappy with the generous, forgiving love of God. Of course, it is difficult to be an instrument of blessing for those who are different than us, for those we are afraid of. We should remind ourselves that our fear might be big, but God's love to those we fear is even bigger. We have to realize that the love of God and the grace of God go way beyond us and are able to reach all people. I am very grateful to God for the opportunities for mission we have in our country. God opens doors for other nations in other countries after annexation of Crimea by Russian, many things have been changed. It has become difficult to serve the Lord there. In my country, it is necessary to remind ourselves that we are the church, and we exist to be, pla- to be blessing for others. Very often, I recall a famous phrase of William Temple. He says, the church is the only society that exists for the benefit of those who are not its members. It's provoking. I don't see justice in this phrase. We are to be a blessing for those who are outside? Yes, we are. And God put it us in the midst of our people Yesterday, I was blessed to visit the Oak Academy and to see how College Park Church is reaching neighbors and trying to transform neighborhood. This is our identity. This is what we are called to do and to be. On this photo, you can see some illustration of our ministry in, in Crimea. There are our brothers and sisters from the one of the Unreached People's group Serving in Crimea, we try to respond to needs people have. We're planting churches, we're serving to children, and we also help to feed people that don't have food. To be a blessing for people you fear is always a challenge. How we we can overcome our fear or hesitation? We have to remind ourselves that our God is a God of mission. In his heart, there is a place for all nations. When we are in our mission, we are in our promised land. Mission is our promised land. In mission, we see God at work. We see His intention for us and for other nations. There is no other place where we can see grace of God at work on such a scale. In order to enter our promised land, we have to be brave enough to leave our comfort zone. We have to be ready to go to people we don't know or maybe are afraid of. But mission provides a meaning for our life and blessing to other lives. I would like to thank you for the opportunity to share God's word with you. I would like to thank you for supporting UETS, especially during this difficult time. Actually, we are partnering in mission for more than 16 years, but right now, due to the war, it's a great blessing, great encouragement for all of us in Ukraine to have such faithful partners. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for global vision. If you want to know more about our ministry, if you want to see more how you can, be, how you, you, you can join us, come and see our table in the foyer. Please come see and please join us in our mission. And in my conclusion, I would like to say, God said to Israel, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break your camp and advance. And another quote that I took from your Facebook page, it's like that. (laughs) It is our turn, our time, not for rest, but to work. There is more to do. Amen. And I would like to invite you to stand for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence, to worship you in freedom, and to experience your grace and your goodness. Lord, I thank you for each College Park Church member, for their generosity and global vision. God, bless all of them, all of those faithful supporters that we may know even names. I want you to bless them. God, I ask you to make us brave enough to break our camps and advance. Help us to go to even people we're afraid of that are different. Help us to remember that you love all the world. God, let the nation be blessed through College Park Church, through UETS, through schools and ministries in India and around the world, let your name will be glorified among all the nations. And we ask your blessing. Use us in your mission. And we thank you for this privilege to be a part of your global and great mission. Bless us, Lord. Amen.